You're listening to Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio. Well, and what companies are seeing and saying and deciding is going to rest largely on the medical side of this. We have been very, very fortunate uh, over the past few weeks to interview a number of people, have conversations with a number of folks uh, at the Provident St. Joseph Health System. Dr. Rod Hockman uh, is the president and CEO of that system. He joins us on the phone from Seattle. Dr. Hockman, really nice to have you here with Carol and myself. Uh, great to be with you. And can, can we just say your team is incredible. Jason, Amazing. Jason said it right off the top. I mean, they have really, from the get-go, when we were still working in our offices, we were talking to your team, and they really helped kind of set the stage, made us have a, a much clearer understanding of what you guys were dealing with and what, you know, now we all know would eventually, you know, move to some of the hot spots uh, around the country. So we thank you for that and uh, really oh, appreciate sure. it. Thank you so much. So help us understand where we are, because, you know, one of the benefits of you guys being on the front lines as you were, and as Carol said, you know, unfortunately, as it has moved eastward in many ways, is we're learning a lot uh, from talking to you and your team. Give us a reality check, because this is a virus that knows no borders. Uh, This is also a virus that is not moving in any really predictable way, uh, at least in terms of kind of where it keeps popping up. What's the reality check here for us, Dr. Hockman? Sure, sure. So, you know, the the thing that we had, we were lucky enough, I guess, is we have the first case January 21st in uh, Washington State. And that put us on the alarm, because we knew once we had that case, this, this was going to spread. And of course, we had the Kirkland nursing home and then more and more. What I think people have to understand, I'm also an immunologist by training. That was Mm. my degree. So this this virus has been out and around, and it's not like it just pops up somewhere. So what we're finding out, a lot of asymptomatic cases, relatively mild cases. So what we really think, it's not like this thing is just kind of spreading from one town to the next, that in a lot of cases, it's there. And then what happens, a group of people get together or, it, you know, it breaks out in a nursing home and then you have a flare and it's up. So a lot of us believe a lot of this has been out and around us for a lot longer than we really believe it to be. The good news for us is that we've been at it longer and we stayed pretty, pretty hard on social distancing. So we're really starting to see not only we're starting to see the real decrease in the number of cases. Things are opening up and actually some of our hospitals are half empty. Uh, because we stopped a lot of elective surgery and whatnot. And we're actually trying to think, how do we turn this back on carefully and what do we do next? So what you're going to see around the rest of the country are these what people would say are what seem like outbreaks, but they're going to be flares in uh, cases that are there. And it takes a while before you get on top of it. And I'd say in New York, they were a little later on getting on top of it, and particularly in densely populated areas, it, you know, it has a tendency, obviously, to spread a lot easier than it does in less dense settings. So I, I need, to, we want to ask you, you know, Dr. Hockman, you know, what does coming out of this look like? And I know there's a bunch of steps and we'll get into that, but what does coming out of this look like in your view? It's going to look, so like people talk about waves after, you know, what's the second wave look like? I, I think it's more akin to ripples that we're going to see. So we're going to have to live with this virus as long, I, I hate to say it, until we have a vaccine, but I think we can get into a better relationship with it and be able to manage and control it better. Obviously, as more people in the community 
have been exposed, have some level of immunity. We get better at testing. And then you bring things back. But we're going to have, and we should expect in places like Washington or California or other places, that there'll be these little ripples that occur where there'll be some cases that break out. We've got a you know, that's where the isolation, getting on top of it early really makes sense. But we'll have that. And we're going to have to live with that, I have to say, through the end of the year. Mm. Now, is it compatible? You know, we live in a real tech community. So Boeing, Amazon, uh, Microsoft, we're all talking about how to get people back to work and be able to do that safely. And we think we can, we can gradually open that up. But we are going to have, we're not going to see the end of the uh, COVID-19 but it'll be a lot more, it'll be easier to control it, easier to, to, to diagnose it. And how much do we worry about, or, or how should we be thinking, uh, Dr. Hockman, and, and obviously a lot of this is unknowable, but just our day-to-day lives, once it gets back to some measure of normal in that period where we don't have a vaccine, where isolation has to happen, what does sort of day-to-day social distancing look like if we're actually out in the world? It's one thing to sort of essentially be in your house, be with your family, but right. if you're going to work, if you're doing certain things, what what's the responsible way that, that we should think about living? So we have, let's say you have a business that has 100 people in an office or you've got a construction site. You know, those are relatively self-contained, so you're pretty much with that group of people for the day and then you come home. Those are a little easier. In a perfect world, what you'd love to do is be able to COVID test everyone before they go back to work, know that they're all, all COVID-19 negative, and those are actually pretty controlled settings, so office setting or newsroom setting or construction site, you know, those those get there. Then some of the trickier ones tend to be places where there's a lot of contact with the public. But let's face it, today our uh, grocery stores are open. Uh, we're able to manage that. So some of those things that we're doing with masking and some distance between people, not getting a, a big crowd of folks together, will be the way we manage it. So if you ask me, when's the next time we're going to get 300 people together in an auditorium, I don't see that happening for a real long while. You know, that's not going to happen. But people in a work setting where they can kind of keep reasonable hygiene distance, potentially masking, uh, construction sites, and retail, you know, particularly small retail, starting to get small retail back where you just use common sense in terms of of how you do it. And I think we have to be more ubiquitous with with masking. That'll be part of what we're going to deal with. Because it's not going to stop it, but it'll keep it controlled. Right now, our guest, Dr. Rod Huckman, he is president and chief executive officer at Providence St. Joseph Health on the phone from Seattle, Washington. As you know uh, from our uh, loyal listeners, this hospital is part of a massive uh, St. Joseph Health System. It's about a $25 billion system. It's 51 hospitals, seven states, um, 800 clinics, 115,000 caregivers. So it's massive. Um, Dr. Hockman, so we were talking about kind of life after the virus, and you said you don't see large groups gathering for a long time. Two questions. What's a long time? And so things like <laughs> sports, concerts, um, kids going to college, uh, you know, Pick your thing, commuting. Like, how do we, you know, what are the events we can do? What are the events we can't? You talked about office settings probably work, but I'd love more specifics you're thinking because it's a really informed thinking. Sure. So I've had a whole bunch of university presidents call me and say, okay, 
can I get my kids back in September? And if we do, how do we do it? So we had good discussions about that. But I said, when the kids, if you can get the kids back, which I think, I think you can, you'd preferably love to test them before they come back to campus and have as much information knowing that they're healthy coming back. And then, in, in the, you know, you're not going to have a lecture hall with 300 people in it, but you could have smaller classrooms with some spread and probably do learning that's a combination of virtual and in-place learning. Uh, so kind of mapping that out and making sure you can do it. So I think there's really some hope for universities because you can manage the population, manage the setting. I think in terms of large gatherings, you know, concerts, a lot of folks that have theaters in Seattle have said, when can we get back to what we're doing? It's just going to be hard to see unless we have a better control on what this looks like getting 250 or 300 people in the same room. So for sporting events, I kind of think we're all going to learn to love golf a lot. And <laughs> the question is whether you can, yeah. do, you can do some pro sports, maybe without a large crowd, you know, yeah. that's controlled, but at least you can watch it on TV. So that's some of the ways thinking in terms of that. The good news is, is that every week that goes by, we learn more. So Alaska's really opening up. We're going to start opening up. And I think we'll learn a lot by what happens. So every week or month that goes by, we'll get smarter about it and be able to kind of refine some of those uh, predictions uh, that are out there. But right now, if you ask me, that's that, that'd be my, my off-the-top quick uh, so wait, analysis. Did you say so? I'm sorry, forgive me. Did you give us a time frame for when we can kind of get back to normal large groups? Is that a year away? Well, I think when, when you're talking large groups, like seeing, you know, in our place, the Seahawks or the Mariners are doing that, I, I got to believe that we're not going to feel comfortable with that till we have a vaccine. Yeah. And then the question on the vaccine, and, you know, there's so much noise out there, I, I kind of laugh when I hear it. You know, there's at least 15 different companies working on vaccines. And part of it's working on, there's some newer vaccine technology that uses messenger RNA that might give us a vaccine faster mm -hmm. than some of the others. You know, but we're going to see how that is, because we've got to get better at getting vaccine therapy faster than saying a year, year and a half. So that's what I'm looking towards. The best estimates are, you know, are December, January, and then you'd start by vaccinating your caregivers and, you know, kind of roll it out from there. Right. But that's that's probably conventional wisdom right now. So, Dr. Hockman, I have a, a fairly simple question that opens up uh, a, a larger discussion, and unfortunately we only have about a minute and a half, which is, should I go for my annual checkup? Like, what, what should I be doing uh, at this point when it comes to <laughs> normal health care? Well, you got to know what's on the list. And this is what really has us worried that a lot of healthcare is being put off. We've seen about half the number of strokes and heart attacks that we saw last year. We don't know that all of a sudden the whole country's gotten really healthy. Yeah. That's not it. So we think a lot of people are putting things off. So I would look down the list of what, you know, if you're being treated for a chronic condition, some of it, we've been doing 13,000 virtual visits a day. Mm. with our patients. So wow. it's also a good way to see if that's available. So at least you could do a virtual visit, check in with your practitioner, and then see, you know, what kind of testing you need if, or something that be put off. But I would check in and see if you can at least do a virtual visit for starters. Interesting. Interesting. How worried are you, uh, no, now only have about 30 seconds, how worried are you that, sure. you know, you're going to have some real disruption in your business financially uh, over the next year or so? Uh, I wish it was next year. I'm looking at the May financials 
wow. looks, looks like. So I'm the chair of like the American Hospital Association. So we're very, I was, we we're just on a call today with folks around the country. We're really concerned about the hit the whole healthcare system is going to take, even with some of the money that's coming from uh, DC. So that's going to be a story that we're going to see evolve over the next couple of months. But I'm worried particularly about smaller hospitals, rural sure. hospitals, but even large systems. All right. Well, we look forward to continuing the conversation. Uh, and as Carol said at the beginning of our chat, uh, just really appreciate you and your team. Uh, you guys have just done an unbelievable job amid uh, – Obviously, a lot of stresses and strains of uh, helping keep us and our audience uh, really honest about this. Dr. Rod Huckman, uh, he's the boss uh, out at Providence St. Joseph Health.